This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. My name's Christina Sacco. I am the Public Relations Coordinator for the Chattanooga Public Library. I, In this role, I also serve as the library spokesperson and the city's public information officer for this um, division of the city. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And I just want to start with a very general question. Uh, can you tell us more about the library, the branches, where they are, and who can sign up for a library card? Yeah, absolutely. So we have five locations. Um, we have this this location we're in right now. That is our downtown main branch. And then we have our South Chattanooga branch, which is over in the St. Elmo Eastlake area. Then we have our Eastgate branch, which is in the Eastgate Shopping Center. So that is serving like Brainerd, Brainerd Road area. Um, a lot of people from, you know, up further down, like in East Brainerd. And then we have our Avondale branch. That is the newest one. It opened in 2019, and it is located inside the Avondale Community Center. And that branch is really integral to that community because it's serving, um, you know, pretty much all of East Chattanooga for the most part. The Avondale community in particular, but it's also very close to like Glass Street and, you know, Wilcox uh, Tunnel, Wilcox Boulevard. So um, that that branch is there, and then we have our Northgate branch, and that is in sort of like the Northgate Mall area. It's actually right behind the mall, and that serves our Hickson area. Awesome. And who can sign up for a library card? Are there any restrictions on where you have to live, or, or how does that work? Yeah, so um, library cards are free to everyone who either resides or owns a business or operates a business inside the city limits of Chattanooga. Um, if you're outside of city limits, it's a $50 a year fee, um, or you can volunteer 20 hours at any location, and then you get yours for free for the whole year. Um, then we also offer free library cards to all Hamilton County students and all Hamilton County teachers. The teachers is new as of last month, and um, that is, uh, we're really happy we could do that because, you know, most of our teachers do live in city limits here in Chattanooga, but I mean, a, a good number don't, and this is a great way for them to access more resources that they can use for their classrooms and their professional career. And um, and some people, a lot of people ask about why we have to charge, and so um, that's a question that is probably the most frequently asked question I get in particular. And the reason for that is about 10 years ago, the um, Hamilton County elected to let a tax agreement with the city expire. And under that tax agreement, the county was jointly funding the library among some other um, county city services. So when that tax agreement expired, the city has took over basically, they 100% fund us now. Um, and so because we are only funded by city resident tax dollars, we do charge outside of city limits. So um, back then, every when all of these things happened and all decided about nine years ago, that's, that's what they came up with is $50 is a approximately the equivalent of what what comes out of the taxes a city resident pays per year that we get. So it's it's trying to be a little bit equitable. Right. Is that something that could theoretically be reinstated pretty easily if the county decided to put that program back in place? Would that be pretty plug and play? Just, all right, we signed the bill. The taxes are flowing again. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton County residents get free library cards again. I think... Things on the government level are a little bit more complicated than that, but essentially, yes. And, um, you know, it's something that I think we want, especially because it's part of our mission is just to provide, you know, educational resources and pathways to education and improvement for everyone. So that would absolutely be perfect for us. That's something we've really wanted. Uh, but essentially, yeah, if there, was, if there was something like that between the city and the county, um, it would absolutely open it up for everybody. So when we get asked, we always tell people, well, you know, we, we would love to. So we encourage you to talk to your elected officials that you want your tax dollars to support a library. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you've talked a lot about resources. You've mentioned that word over and over again. That's what I, I really want to cover with most of our time today is the resources that the library has to offer. Yes. Uh, most people think of books is the first thing you think of. But I want to transition a little bit and talk about why our audio sounds so good today. This is maybe the best sounding Chattanooga Civics episode ever recorded because we are sitting in the library studio. Yes. And if you could tell us a little bit more about this space and what's available here in the studio. This is an absolutely amazing space. So our recording studio opened in our downtown branch uh, in 2017. And this is a state-of-the-art professional studio that is managed by an experienced sound engineer, Sam Menser. He, um, not only is he an experienced sound engineer, he's also um, a, he's a professor, he's an accredited teacher. He could teach you how to do recording here um, using everything we have. He is a certified instructor of that. And so what we have here is a space that's just under a thousand square feet. And um, between the, all the live rooms we have in here, there's about 48 line inputs and about 40 microphone preamps. So, you know, we're just using a small portion of what you could actually do in here. Um, and uh, we have we say we have three live rooms. In a sense, we kind of have four, but um, three large rooms. We've got um, areas to do your vocals. We have a drum room. We have a live room. We have a main control room that Sam's in right now, making us sound great. And um, so our control board is an Avid HDX, and it uses Pro Tools. And so Pro Tools is very much, from my understanding, an industry standard in um, digital recording. And as I said before, Sam's actually a licensed instructor for teaching Pro Tools. Um, and then uh, we're trying, we, you know, we really try to use industry standard quality stuff. So, um, you know, we've got a Focusrite amp, uh, eight channel microphone preamp, two eight channel microphone preamplifiers, uh, two additional ones, I suppose. And then, um, you know, we've got, we've got a monitor system, we've got monitors, um, a whole variety of software. Everything's run off of Apple Mac Pro, and it uses the Avid Pro Tools Mac keyboard and a 4K monitor to you know watch everything on. And so um, it's it's a really good learning environment, but it also basically makes this an incredibly wonderful and powerful resource for the community. And um, anybody can use this. You've got a library card. You can go on our website or you can give us a call and you can book sessions in here. Um, so you ha really have a choice of what you'd like to do. You can actually come in and Sam will help you get started and set up. And when you're done recording, he will email you a Google Drive link and you have your stuff. I mean, from there, you can have it mastered and you can make a record or you can start a podcast. Um, we have a lot of people who use the studio for podcasts. Um, and then, but we also have a lot of musicians that record their albums here and then they send them off to be mastered and, and actually like printed. So that's really interesting and fascinating to see. Uh, WTC uses our studio once a week for their live in the library program, which is a Really awesome program if no one's ever listened to it. Uh, Richard Wenham, you know, has this session where these bands, a lot of them are local, but a lot of them are also traveling, and they will record a set in here, um, excellent sound quality, and then, you know, have a, an interview with Richard. So it's, it's a really great, wonderfully produced show that um, is essentially done out of here. So um, those are some interesting things. And then uh, something that I think is a relatively new trend over the past couple of years, a lot of people are using the studio to do voiceover work um, through, you know, for whatever uh, agencies they're working for that are definitely not here in Chattanooga. So it gives people an opportunity to essentially work remotely. That's really cool. Um, one thing you touched on this, and I, I want to clarify a little bit, Bands are coming in here and recording albums and sending them off to be mastered. So how does that work? Is there any restrictions or regulations on using any of the library resources? And we'll, we'll talk about other resources that this might be an option for, but using these resources for commercial purposes, you know, small businesses or musicians selling records, selling things that they made with the 3D printer that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, 
Is there, are there any rules about no, that or is it just like if you have all. a library card, you can come in here and you can use the studio? Absolutely. 100%. So cool. This is for the community. So, um, I mean, granted, when you're talking about something such as the recording studio, we are talking about a lot of um, donations that were made. Um, I know Lynn Hurst and Ben Wood were both involved in helping make this a reality. But, um, you know, for the most part, the way we operate and what we do on a daily basis, everything is essentially publicly owned. You know, your tax dollars keep us open, keep us working. So really, this is the community space. Mm. However you want to use it, whether it's for personal or for business, it's it's pretty much available for however you see it. So it's almost, I mean, you could even classify it as like a small business incubator. You know, I'm sure like somebody who's doing, you know, production scale stuff and, and needs a lot of time and a lot of their own space might not find this to be the easiest to work with scheduling wise, but if you're just starting a small business or you just started a band and you want to release an EP, like this sounds like the perfect incubator. 100%. I mean, think about for a business. So all of our library branches, for example, have uh, free notary services. So um, you can come and we also have uh, through our online resources that we, you know, have subscriptions for, you can access um, this, a whole database of small business materials that will, you know, help you get your paperwork, all the things that you need to file, all of that stuff. You can utilize that either on the computers here or at home through our website. And then you have your paperwork notarized. Um, You can go up on the fourth floor. You can make uh, vinyl for your window and put your logo and hours of operation on your your storefront. Um, You know, or you can utilize uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud that's on all the computers on the fourth floor to build your own website or design your own branding. Um, I would love to have a story. I'm sure I know it's been done, but I just don't have that cohesive story of like, I want a band who records in here and then they go up on the fourth floor and they make all their merch. Like you can make your t-shirts, you can make, you know, stickers, whatever you want, your flyers, your posters, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, it's pretty much like the whole sort of story of like getting yourself out there as a musician. That's great. Um, you talked about instruction and, you know, Sam is licensed in all these different things and teaching people how to use these different things. How would you sign up for that? Is that something that's available through the library or is that? Yes, 100%. Um, So here for the studio, uh, I recommend going on our website and you'll find um, all the information you need to book appointments here with Sam. Uh, Same thing with our fourth floor. If you're um, up there, you have two options. You can just show up and sit down and do what you want to do, especially if you know how to do it. Uh, but at the same time, if you don't know and you don't, you want to get started or say you really want to like learn something in depth, um, you really, it's kind of choose your own adventure. You can book, um, up to two hours with a maker on the floor floor. And so, um, I think one is a beautiful example is our sewing lab. You can, they will teach you how to sew. You can book appointments to go in and have a maker specialist on the fourth floor show you how to sew. And then the really cool thing is you can check out the exact same sewing machine and take it home. So um, it's really like about not just using our resources, but about, you know, developing yourself, developing your talents and your interests. And, um, you know, you can go up there and say, all I want to know is just how to make this one T-shirt or this one poster and they will get you started and you'll have fun and then you're done and that's it. But then we have a lot of people who just like keep coming back and they want to learn more and more. And that's what we love, especially with adults, because there aren't as many educational opportunities for adults out there. Or if they're in there, the ones that are can be expensive or at the very least cost something. And so providing that to the community and allowing adults to like continue their own education and their own self-exploration without that cost barrier is to us, it feels like a very important thing. So you've talked a little bit about the fourth floor and we've mentioned t-shirts. We've mentioned uh, a sewing lab. What else is up there? Oh my gosh. Are you ready for I know this? there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a tiny backstory about our fourth floor, actually. So we um, opened our fourth floor in 2014 and um, up until, so this building, it was originally the Bicentennial Library. So this was 1976. So from 1976 until 2014, 
that space on our fo- our entire fourth floor was just storage. That's it. Um, and uh, we had a great director uh, who had just come in and wanted to really shake things up. And when she went up there, she realized this is untapped space that we, we really need to utilize. So when the makerspace idea came about and we really built that whole fourth floor out, it's about 1,200 square feet, we really became one of the very first libraries in the entire country to dedicate that much space. At that time, libraries were starting to offer things like 3D printing um, and a a lot of the other equipment we have up there, but just kind of as components within other things. And so to have a dedicated space, um, you know, we, we like to refer to it as a laboratory and an educational facility because it's, it really is a place to like get messy and learn and make mistakes and, you know, all of those things really. So, um, it's not, I think it's absolute beautiful. Even when it's chaotic, it's, it's beautiful because it's just people learning and feeling, like they don't have those barriers of like, oh, I'm in this classroom or, you know, I've got to, you know, play it safe. You can just really experiment up there. And so, um, you know, we, we always refer to it though as it's a place for connection and sharing knowledge. And so that's another reason that our specialists are an important component up there is that we always have a staff. So anytime you go up there, there's going to be at least two people who can show you how to get started or answer your questions. And then, like I said, if you want to call if you want to go on the website and call or email ahead of time you can go ahead and just book that time off so you've got a person who's there to help you without any interruptions and you know you've got that machine or that station for the whole time you're there and the nice thing about our fourth floor is there is no library card required at all um, because you're not checking anything out. So a lot of people think that a library card is required for anything at the library, which kind of makes sense, but really it's only required to check something out. So if you're going to leave this place with a book or a tool or um, a rock instrument, you're going to need a library card to check it out. But if you're just here doing our programming, just sitting around reading, taking a break from the heat or the cold – Anything along those lines, we're just coming up and playing and exploring. Uh, no matter your age, uh, that is free. There's no no need for a library card. So when you're up there, um, the only uh, everything is accessible, and the only thing you're going to pay for would be material costs. So paper, vinyl, like vinyl stickers, and then the 3D filament and the 3D printers. And so um, what we have up there, we have two laser cutters. Those are used for, um, basically, those are Glowforge ones. We were talking about that earlier. And so uh, it works with wood and acrylic. And it's it's really cool because basically you pull something up on a computer and instead of printing out like something on paper, it is laser etching into a surface, whatever design you have there. And um, it's absolutely amazing. People, I've seen people use this for, gifts for family like commemorating things a lot of people use it for like um, weddings and whatnot or baby announcements but then we also have a lot of businesses we have a lot of artists that use it to make their art or bring their designs to life and you know that's their whole living is uh, coming up on the fourth floor and producing more things that they can sell and so, um, yeah, we have the, the Glowforge. We have two vinyl plotters. The vinyl plotters are kind of similar in a way is that you're going to pull up an image. Um, you want to do it in like a line work, obviously. Our specialists will show you how to do it. But um, you can print onto vinyl. And so we have two types of vinyl. We have a heat press vinyl. That's absolutely awesome for making T-shirts, koozies, etc. I've seen people like customize jackets with the vinyl. Um, and we have a, we have big commercial heat presses that you can use. We also have some smaller heat presses that you could check check out and take home if you want to finish your project at home. Um, and then we have sticker vinyl, and this is like high quality outdoor sticker vinyl. So this is perfect for businesses. Put you know print out your logo and put it all over your storefront window, or put something on your vehicle. So that's really awesome. A lot of people use get creative too and um, make kind of almost like wall art out of it. So those are really cool. Those that is definitely by far our vinyl station is the most popular. 
Then we also have a sublimation printer, which kind of does like, it's similar. It prints out something that can be heat pressed on. And um, we have a large format printer, which that's my favorite thing personally, (laughs) because I can go up there and we have two types of paper. The matte paper is 36 inches wide and you're charged in linear feet. So the, the width is already there. So if you want to do say a six foot by three foot poster for something, which is huge, or just make a life size like printout of yourself, you're probably going to, you're definitely going to spend less than $20. Um, probably something closer to like 10 to 15 bucks to have something that huge that would probably cost you 60 to $80 at a print shop. And they would do a great job for you, but if you want to do it yourself, you can save a lot of money and come here and all you have to pay for is just the cost of the paper. And this is this is a professional quality Epson large format printer that does full bleed to the edges, so it's exactly what you'd get at a professional print shop. And then we have our three MakerBot 3D printers. A lot of people know about those these days, so I won't go into too much detail. And then we also have, this is relatively new, three resin 3D printers. So resin's kind of the new thing because it's a little bit less expensive. And um, it's a really fascinating process. It like prints in a solution. And so when it's done printing, it actually has to like dry Hmm. before you can touch it. Um, But it's really, really neat. does great detail. People use those things for all sorts of stuff. Like kids love making toys and miniature figurines and stuff. But then I've also seen... um, one of my favorite patrons, he uses our Northgate branch. He likes to make this little, he uses our 3D printers to make these little parts that he utilizes when he's fly fishing. And um, I think Mr. Terry is probably, I know he's in his 80s. So the fact that like somebody in their 80s is like, oh, I could save money. I just have to learn this. And he was all about learning it. So really cool stuff. Then we also have a CNC router that's by appointment, um, but it's it's a relatively big router. So if you're doing kind of woodworking type stuff, that's a great resource. Doesn't cost you a dime because you're bringing in your own wood. Um, and then we have our photography studio. We have a 4K monitor up there that's set up with um, a virtual reality program. And then I also think we have, yeah, we have Ocul- Oculus Quest and a couple of Oculus headsets. We have a screen printing station if you're wanting to get into that. We also have, which we're kind of famous for, I think, our Chattanooga Zine Library is really cool. It's just tons and tons and tons of zines from all over the world. It's a great place to just sit down and explore these really interesting mini DIY magazines. And then we also have a zine making lab, so you can just sit down and make your own if you want to make your own book. We have button makers, we have a floor loom, we have our fiber art studio, that's our sewing lab. But our sewing lab also has, in addition to traditional sewing machines, we have a serger and an embroidery machine. An embroidery machine is another thing I've seen people use for their businesses. Um, a couple months ago, we had these two guys, I think they were they're actually from Atlanta, and they came up here to use the library and um, do some custom embroidering for a new clothing brand that they were launching. And the jackets that they did were just so cool. Um, And then we also have hand tools, soldering tools, all out there on the floor for anybody to use. Every computer up there has the latest Adobe Creative Cloud suite of software. And then we have a special event space up there. It's a really nice closed off room. It has its own sound system, a stage, and um, like AV presentation equipment. um, And that can be reserved with a library card. So if you're, say, starting a nonprofit or, you know, starting a new civic organization in Chattanooga, and you need a space to meet, they, these these are, we have two actually, but that event space is one of those things you can meet in and you've got everything you need. And if, you know, there's a small fee if you want to have us to like set up the AV equipment for you or run it or, you know, rearrange the furniture. But I mean, it's very nominal. And so um, that's a great resource for a lot of small organizations in Chattanooga. That's a lot to take in. I know. That, that's a I'm whole sorry. Lot. It's, I no, really it's great. Sad. It's great. And and I'm sure the whole list is on the website. If somebody heard something and it's like, what, what was yeah. that that I heard? Just go go look on the website. It's all there. Yes. Um, there's there's another thing that I want to talk about that I've used before, the uh, tool library. Yes. How does that work? I love it. How many tools are available and uh, what branches 
is that available at? So currently, you it's only available at our downtown branch. Um, we are working on the logistics of having it available anywhere. But right now, um, it's available just downtown. So you'd come down here to check it out, and then you'd return it back to the same location. But basically, um, excuse me, <clears throat> we have... Just about anything you could think of. Um, it started out with donations from Unfoundation and also our library foundation. And uh, last year, our tool collection really beefed up because Elders Ace Hardware, that is the all the Ace Hard, it's a local franchise, all the Ace Hardware's around here, that company, Elders. They approached us, of all things, and offered to be a partner. And so not only did they donate tons of tools to our collection, but part of a partnership is they will also repair and replace. So um, it's amazing. So we have ladders of every size, shovels of every size, rakes of every size, and basically any kind of gardening tool you could think of, like bulb planters and whatnot. But then we also have hand tools. Um, so all your wrenches, all your all things like that, um, socket sets, etc. Then we have power tools like circular saws and jigsaws, power sanders, tile cutter. I love that. I just think that's awesome because I've done my bathrooms and kitchen tile in two different houses, and I was I was lucky enough to find somebody, but it took a lot a lot of calling around to find somebody who had one because I didn't want to buy it. You, I'm not going to do the tile in my house more than once, right. you know. So why would you pay for it? You just check it out from us. <laughs> so I think that's great. And then we also have power washers. Those are definitely our most popular. Because um, it's kind of the same thing. Like, that's a thing you don't want to really want to buy because you don't use it all the time. So you just kind of look around for a friend who has it. Well, we're, I like to say we're that friend. We're that neighbor <laughs> you can borrow a tool from. Um, but we also have digital projectors in there, woodworking tools, bicycle repair tools. And then um, it's kind of like an add-on to it. We've also added a lot of makerspace tools. So the sewing machine I mentioned or the heat presses you can check out. There's a few other elements too, including some AV equipment. We have a um, mobile PA system. It's a Bose PA system with a really loud and powerful like single tower speaker. And you get, you could check it out. It comes with a mixing board and a subwoofer, et cetera. So those are really awesome resources too. I've personally checked those out for events in my neighborhood because we're a small neighborhood organization. We can't afford to buy or rent a PA system. So for the couple times a year we have community events, it has been a lifesaver for me to be able to check that out. So all of those things are on a first come first serve basis. You can go on our website. All of these things can be found in our catalog. So you can search if you wanna see how many ladders we have, just like a book. You would just type in ladders or, you know, ACE ladders, and you can find those in our catalog to see if they're in stock, or you can just give us a call. I always tell people to call ahead to make sure it's there, and that way you can come down and grab it. And you're, all of these are good for seven weeks, or seven weeks, seven days, okay. <laughs> and then you, um, you can renew those if you want. Awesome. So uh, another resource that I've heard about and I'm hoping to use after we finish recording here is the Seed Library. Yes. And I think that's fairly new, isn't it? Just it a couple is. years? Yeah, yeah. We started in 2019. Um, and uh, it was a really interesting partnership. It kind of started out as, well, this is something urban farming is really taking off. Um, and, uh, it was a really great way for us to connect and make new partners and be at, say, like the Chattanooga market. We were at the Chattanooga market a lot back when we first launched it. Um, and a lot of our initial seeds came from local farms like, uh, Crabtree Farms and a couple flower farms and stuff. And, um, we also have a partnership with Chattanooga Area Food Bank. They donate probably the bulk of our seeds, but then the Whole Foods that's out in Hickson, they donate a lot to us as well. Sometimes it's like stuff that's about to expire, but our librarians will look it up and determine like how long are these actually good for. And so we're not putting out things that are not going to grow in your yard. We're, you know, we take a look and make sure that these are going to be good for a while. And so we have this really cute card catalog. It's one of the only two left in the building. <laughs> uh, and that's on our first floor, and that's our seed exchange. And so you can check out um, fruit, vegetable, and flower seeds, five packets at a time. Um, 
Obviously, you don't have to return them, but we do have information on how to harvest your own seeds if you want to do that and and return your harvested seeds to us, which we actually do have a few people who have been doing that over the past few years. So um, that's a great opportunity. Our seed exchange was really, really popular during the pandemic. A lot of people. And so gardening tools, and we were doing curbside pickups. So you just pull up and uh, call the number and somebody would run out there and it's like, here's your gardening tools and your seeds. You're pretty much go pick up some soil and you're good to go. So yeah, it was, it was a really great um, thing. And uh, we don't necessarily have them at every branch, but we do from time to time do some special things. Like I know uh, for Earth Day, our Northgate branch will have a lot of seed packets available for people to grab. Mm-hmm. So We've talked about a lot already, and these are just the things that I knew about coming into this interview, but I want to give the opportunity. Is there anything that we haven't mentioned? And uh, an additional question to that is, what are all the the smaller branches, the satellite branches? What do they have besides books and computers? Yeah. um, All of our branches kind of have their own unique identity. So some of the things people might not realize is, Since um, 2019, we've had a social worker program. That's with the UTC's Department of Social Work. And so um, at any given time, well, obviously not in the summer, but uh, during the year, we usually have at least one social worker intern. And they tend to split, try to split their time between here and Eastgate because that's where we see most adults needing some assistance but it's a really great opportunity because these people will be here they can walk around they can sit down and talk to somebody if they somebody appears to be having a difficult time but this is a person who's trained to deal with people in crisis and they can also you know share a ton of community resources that we try to keep you know, an updated list of. So, you know, they may be sitting down and talking to somebody who's just in a really bad space and they're needing housing or they're needing food or health care or something like that. And so these interns can sit down and basically help somebody calm down and then give them the resources that they need. And then um, we also have, uh, this is this started last year, we have a library care clinic And um, that's on our first floor here. We are doing, right now, it's only open on Mondays and Fridays afternoons. On Mondays, we have a registered nurse here who has open office hours. So anybody can go in and just sit down and talk to Chastity about what's going on. She can do basic health assessments. And she also can make referrals and tell people like, hey, here's, here's a place that you can go that'll be affordable. And then on Fridays, LifeSpring Community Health comes and they do vaccines and they were doing, I don't know if they still are, but they were doing flu vaccines as well as COVID vaccines. So those are two things that's still relatively new, but we're really hoping to expand on and do some more stuff. It's um, very much a partnership with the city's uh, Department of Community Health, which is kind of new, but they have an amazing director, Dr. Mary Lambert. She worked for the CDC. She has worked with health initiatives in the federal government. I mean, she is amazing. And so it's been a great opportunity to work with someone as smart as her and uh, hopefully we'll offer more health services. I'd like to see that. And I think that's, honestly, I think that's one of the next trends in the library world because that's a missing component in a lot of people's lives, at least here in the United States, um, is you know equitable, easy, affordable access to health care. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, And then I mentioned the notaries. So we do have notary services. Every library branch has a notary. That's a free service. Um, We have our Passports Acceptance Office. That's located here downtown. And what they do is we have trained uh, passport agents. They will basically do sit down with you, do the whole paperwork process with you, take your photo, everything. And when you're done, you leave with a sealed envelope that you could put in the mail. And we have a 100% acceptance rate. So that's really great. Because if you've ever had an issue with a passport, if you have one thing missing or one piece of information that's not on your form, the whole thing gets sent back to you and you have to start the process over again. So this is a free service you can use and make an appointment. Again, all of the information for appointments and whatnot are on our website. But um, yeah, you can make an appointment and sit down with somebody who's going to make sure you're not going to have that problem. And then um, we have our event spaces. We have two event spaces down here. 
we have our fourth floor event space that I already talked about. And then we also have an auditorium on our first floor. It's a, a slightly smaller capacity, but it's a really great room. It's got this very 70s vibe to it. Um, great acoustics, and it's also set up with a PA and a digital projector. So um, depending on what kind of meeting needs you have, one of those two might will probably fit your needs. Um, and then our branches in general, so you kind of get a little bit of everything here downtown. Um I forgot to mention, we also have a local history and genealogy department. That is our third floor here downtown. That is amazing. Like, I don't think a lot of people, if you don't know about it, you probably don't realize how valuable it is, but not very many libraries have something like this. And so it's a amazing resource if you're, like, for example, if you're a Times Free Press reporter and you need to look at, like, some old articles, you're not going to do that there. You're going to come here because this is where you're actually going to find microfilm and clipping files. We have, we, so you can research wise, you can start with a clipping file and say, I need to know everything about this one topic, like hospitals in Chattanooga. We have a clipping file that will have every mention of hospitals in Chattanooga over a very long period of time. And then then you can cross-reference it with the date, go to the microfilm, um, cabinets and then get the microfilm and view the entire newspaper. And we do, we have been doing it on our own dime, but paying to continue to have things put on microfilm because it lasts longer. I mean, there's, there's no, um, possibility of like a hack or a system failure or I mean, not system failure, but like a crash with a digital database. So we still do microfilm. And then we also have just a wealth of knowledge on local and regional people, events, businesses, etc. So it's fantastic. And then when you're in that department, you have free access to Ancestry.com. And um, a couple of our local history staff as well are trained genealogists. So anybody who's wanting to get into that, this is a great place to start. Um, so yeah, that's downtown in a nutshell. A really big nutshell. <laughs> um, but uh, so if I start, I'll just start. I'll start going around around the city here. Northgate is, you'll, what you'll find at Northgate is a very robust um, adult and teen collection. Um, it's also our, outside of downtown, it is our busiest branch. Um, that is where our power readers live. And it's not just like, these are readers who don't want to just read bestsellers. Like they want to read whatever's new that the librarians recommend. And so we have tons and tons of readers out there of all ages. There are some makerspace tools. There's a 3D printer um, out there. They also do great programming. They're doing senior programming, teen programming. Um, I think they're about to start an adult program out there. And then, like I said, very, very robust um, line of uh, all of our early literacy programs. We have a series of three um, baby bounce, toddler time, and preschool story time. And so these three are really all designed to meet all educational like benchmarks and really help a kid be ready for kindergarten. And so um, outside of here, outside of our downtown branch, that's definitely the second most popular for programming as well. Um, so it's great. And it's also um, a destination and meetup spot for a lot of homeschool um, families. And so um, it's, a, it's, a really, it's just a very robust branch. And anytime you go in there, you're going to see a lot of different people of pretty much any age group using it. And then um, Avondale is interesting because Avondale community has, it being in the community center, we inherently have a lot of kids who spend time over in our, in our library. But then we also have a really great um, large senior population. And so we've been offering some really fun senior classes over there. Um, I know our paint and sip class has been really, really popular. And obviously you're in a library, so you're over there anyway. So you're not getting alcohol, but we've got lemonade and iced tea and they paint it and it's, it's wonderful. And it's always packed out. They, you know, that's, that's a great part about that branch. Um, our Eastgate branch, I think, partly because of where it's located, is really, um, you know, we, we sometimes jokingly refer to it as like our kinkos or something, but it really is like a great, that's why we send this, we have a social worker go out there often as well, because um, a lot of adults, 
um, who are different like transitional points in their life are using that branch. And so it's very accessible by bus. Um, so our notary printing and faxing services, our public computers are very heavily used over there. And then, um, we actually have a really great teen department. And so they've got great teen programming and kids programming as well. And they've been doing a book club for about a year now that's really, really popular. And it's given them the opportunity to connect with some of the resources around there. If you been, haven't been through the Eastgate area in a while, um, you know, Family Justice Center's out there. Uh, the partnerships for family and children are out there. So there's a lot of great organizations that are very much, you know, concerned with similar issues as we have with the community. So um, it's a great partnership opportunity. And then our self chat branch is the smallest and it we converted it over to be primarily a children's library over the past 10 years. There's still um, there's like one dedicated area in there that is public computers and adult books and stuff and they do we do a lot of DVD rentals and whatnot out there but um, primarily it's our children's library. And um, we have some great children's programs out there, a huge selection of children's books. And um, that branch also does our outdoor story time um, weekly. It's Wednesdays now, and um, it's over at the Southside Community Park. So um, we love that little branch. It's just the sweetest. If, if anybody's never, if, even if you have your own library branch you like to use, I always tell people stop by a mall because they all have something different to offer. That's great. Yeah, that's my my branch. I am two blocks away and take my kids there all the time. Oh, they love great. it. Uh, they've done the story time yeah. several times. So they probably know Miss Hallie. I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Chattanooga Civics, and so yes. we do have to talk a little bit about how the government plays a role in all of this. So what is the governing structure of the library like? How does the board of directors work, that nomination process and acceptance process, and then how does that translate into what the library actually does day in and day out? Yeah, so um, way back to the beginning when I was talking about library cards and the tax agreement and whatnot, at that time with the restructuring um, and us reverting back to Chattanooga Public Library, that was when what what we have now was really kind of solidified so we have we are so essentially the city of chattanooga is um our principal funding source and our principal strategic partner um we ultimately are managed by the city because because of that um but our operational decisions are def are made within our organization by our executive director and our board of directors. Um, and then they're, but they're all following procedures set by the city and city council. So um, essentially our board of directors acts as a sort of community oversight board in some ways. So we meet, they meet on a monthly basis um, and our director will get, deliver a report that um, kind of covers just about everything that's going on, um, new business, old business, et cetera. The board will vote in certain instances when um, things are about operational or financial matters, like the cost of fines or who gets a library card, um, hours of operation and expenditures. So that can look like something like uh, back in February when we voted, we they had to vote to allow us to give free cards to Hamilton County school teachers, um, you know, and so obviously they all wanted to vote on it, but you know, and we have to follow those procedures because they are kind, they are our sort of community input. Um, it's all walks of life. The board of directors, all of our board members um, are basically brought on through the city. So um, to apply to be on the library board or any other board related to a city organization, you go to the Chattanooga.gov website um, and you can put an application there. Uh, sometimes, you know, you might want to let your council person know that you're interested in this. Um, and basically, uh, they'll kind of vet it and they'll send over and they'll say, hey, we've had a new board member for you, you know, when we have an opening. And so um, that's essentially how it goes. And it's a really great process because it does ensure that our board of directors are made up of people that are, you know, sort of vetted in a sense and um, are in line with what both we and the city want for the library's operations. 
And so, um, like I said, like, yeah, they'll vote. They're, they're um, integral to, like, some of those really big decisions that we make. But then they also vote on things like, you know, we need a new supplier to mow our all of our properties, mow the grass at all our properties. And, you know, and we, we obviously follow city procedures because we use all their contractors and all that stuff. But, um, essentially they, you know, they make an ultimate vote too. So, um, it's, it's an interesting thing, but like I said, it's, it's very much all designed to make sure that we are being the best stewards of taxpayer money. Um, that's a really key thing. I think a lot of people, don't really realize it, but um, because we're taxpayer funded, every single thing in here is barcoded. Like lit, the chair you're sitting on, it's just, it's just a stool. No one's going to check it out, but it's got a barcode on it because we keep track of everything. We report on it, how it's used, you know, how we, you know, how many we have, et cetera. Because again, we're managing a whole collection of things that essentially the public owns. And so it's important for us to have a board of directors uh, that actually vets some of those decisions. And then of course, um, if you're, if anybody's like seen the news over the past few months, we are hiring a new executive director. Our last director, um, after 10 amazing years decided to step down last year. And so we are in the hiring process right now. Um, I think the applicant, I think, um, they're actually reviewing applications at the moment. Um, and the hiring team for the director, it's a little different than some of the other city de departments because we're technically an agency and not a department because of our board. Um, but basically, our uh, hiring committee, the all the people who get to have a say in who's going to run the library include... Um, not just our board of directors and not just a couple key people here, but city council and the mayor's office and our library foundation. And so, again, it's just another way that we want to make sure that, you know, who's in charge and who okays these decisions and who's leading this is, again, someone that not only has the community's best interests in heart, but a lot of different people from the community are on board with. So, Yeah. And that's probably a convoluted explanation, but that's essentially it. Sometimes they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just the reality of it. Uh, well, great. That's all I have. Is there anything else yeah. you want to mention before we close out? Um, I was, you know, I had some info on the financials if you wanted to talk about that, but I know we've we gone covered pretty far. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I did want to say that like uh, a lot of it, a lot of people don't. So Friends of the Library is an interesting thing that you'll find at a lot of different public libraries because if if a library is part of a government agency, such as like taxpayer funding and whatnot, um, city or county, or sometimes it's state, in those instances, we're not allowed as a government agency to accept uh, donations. And so um, the, having a Friends of the Library or Foundation is super integral to us because, um, you know, basically what we get from the city, the majority of it is used to cover staffing costs and keep the buildings open and pay the utilities and all of those things. And so for a lot of our programs, whether it's, I don't know, buying um, – a Lego Titanic set for an adult Lego event or googly eyes for kids crafts. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, it's very, it, the money that our foundation brings in is very important for making those things happen. So, you know, the foundation is, is part of us and we, and I just kind of want to give them a little shout out. Um, uh, but a good example is uh, we just wrapped up last month. We hosted a traveling exhibit from the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum and we were one of 50 libraries in the country selected to host it. But we are the Chattanooga Library. We have a reputation for doing really big and awesome things. Um, and I mean that. Like in the library world, we are, we're very well known. And Chattanooga is a very lucky city because we are like always on the forefront. Like I said about the makerspace, you know, when we opened our makerspace, we had people from New York Public Library come and check it out so that they could do something similar. So, um, you know, having a very progressive and forward thinking uh, library is um, – I think a great, it's one of the best resources the community has. And the foundation does a great job. And we really went all out 
building events that went around our exhibit and um, all of it was possible because our foundation raised uh, $98,000 to cover all the costs for like, we had New York Times bestselling author and um, Auschwitz survivor come. We had um, a Jewish musical ensemble, you know, a whole host of different things that really helped the community better understand and empathize with the Holocaust and some of the topics we were trying to talk about. So um, yeah, great. We're really lucky to have them and they've got a book sale this weekend. But uh, you know, it's little things like that that they do to raise money and then talking to our partners all over the city. I mean, we get money from um, like CHI Memorial is covering the costs for two art therapy classes every single week for kids ages eight to 18. Um, the Thompson Foundation or the Thompson Engineering is a company in town that pays, covers almost all of the costs on our STEM and STEAM programs. Um, let's see, uh, like Lynnhurst and On Foundation were really responsible for us, like launching so many things around here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really awesome because at the end of the day, it's just another way that the community is working with us to, you know, just really better everybody's lives. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to using so many of these resources that I have just learned about today. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. And I'm, I'm sorry, I was a bit long-winded, but... No, this was great. Well, thank you yeah. for coming on the show. Thank you for all the information. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love your podcast. I think you do a great job. Thank you. This is what the community needs. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.